Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Great to be with you. How are you? Soon this will be a little Redemption Thursday chair that we sit in and think about the gambling. By the way, a lot of win totals out over the last uh, week or so out in Vegas. NFL, some games in college, all the good stuff. Twitter, at Jay Cameron Show. I'm Jeff, that's Tom. Hope you're well. Settle in. Wherever you are. Air condition set at 67. Well, at least here in the studio. At least here in the studio. Yep. Dicey here. You get here, you get cold. We jackets. Tom wears a jacket to this here place. I know <laughs> who I'm working with. And that's fine by me. I'd rather be freezing cold Correct. than burning hot. Yeah, no, you've got it done. You know. Hello, everybody. It is good to be with you. I actually, when I lived with uh, my old, my buddy Matt, who you know, um, I uh, not producer extraordinaire Matt, but uh, Matt Britton down there. When I uh, lived with him, uh, the first week we lived together, I went, "Hey, I I keep it at sixty eight, and uh, if you're cold, you know, I'll pay the extra for the uh, the AC bill, but uh, you know, throw on a sweatshirt because it's it's gonna be freezing in here. It's the way it's gonna work. So far." So good, but I wanted to laugh. And so just something to draw your attention to. This will serve, first of all, as sort of a Libations Friday edition of the show. Let's get the scheduling out of the way here. Let's get caught up with everything. Uh, The first thing is that uh, we're off tomorrow. Tom's heading on vacation. Best of Jeff Cameron show for tomorrow. You do have something. It's just not, not a live show. It's best of. Uh, we'll we'll do that, and it will be it will be funny, and it'll be fun. And then, of course, listen, we're doing the same thing everybody else is. Tom's leaving the state, gonna go have a good time. I'm gonna sit back with the fam, get the boys back tomorrow from my oh, from Campo right. Paz over. The boys come back to town. You're excited for that now. I am very excited to see him. I miss the rascals. Uh, first couple of days, you're like, ah, oh, this is beautiful. Good not to have you along. <laughs> come home, silent, read a book, have a drink, relax, eat dinner with my wife, conversate. Things we never really do when the boys are around because, you know, you're doing laundry, you're getting their dinner ready, you're asking them what they have on the horizon, you're taking them places. You you don't connect. Did you guys go on a dinner date? We've gone on a couple. There you go. All right. Oh, yeah, we've gone on a couple. We, yeah, it was like we were uh, dating again. Yeah, it was nice. Just, it's just, you know, the conversation that happens is really more than anything else. Like, you know, we actually talk to one another when the boys aren't interrupting, walking in and out, asking us for food incessantly as they grow. Um, but yeah, but now I'm anxious to get him back uh, and echoing. Oh, Tony, I hope that's not right. I hope we're not echoing. It sounds good in my ear. I can tell you that. Hopefully that's just you all. Uh, I saw the Luke Roman Hawk rankings. I don't care about it as much. Um, all I really care about when it comes to Roman Hawk is that he continues to look good, play well, uh, improve every time he's at one of these camps and has an opportunity to uh, showcase his skills. And then from there, all I really care about is that my man recruits others. And so, like, let's just keep he, – he's clearly going to be the real deal. We're going to be all right. Uh, something else to, to point out here. Uh, I said I wanted to laugh. I want to draw your attention to this. It's not really a show topic as much as it is awesome. If you all want to smile heading into what was, for us, going to be a long weekend, then I don't know if you saw this. You can find it on YouTube. They held a first ever grandparents race at Emerald Downs. Now that sounds like a recipe for disaster. 
And it is. And it's awesome. It's wonderful theater. They're like horses. It's horse racing. It's They're in behind the gates. This is in just outside of Seattle, Auburn, Washington. Emerald Downs held its very first grandparents race. Steve Butler from Everett, Washington, won the race. The grandpa played high school football. He was a lineman back in 1973. And he still got a little juice. But why you watch it is to see these old people come out the gates as the doors swing open and on that mushy dirt. And you can guess, yes, men, women, flailing about, falling on their face hard, double bounce, don't get an arm up. It is it is a little bit like running to the gumps. Like we see with Alabama getting autographs every year. This is it's all-time good. Now, nobody got hurt, so you can have fun at their expense as they fall. But nobody got hurt, and it's awesome. And if you go to at Emerald Downs, I'll give them the credit on Twitter, they have a lot of angles for the video. They have the straight on oh, all where, right. where the horses are coming right at you, baby. And then they have it from up above where you see them come out the gates, gutting. <laughs> it is very clear to me that three or four of these dudes wanted to win. But the most impressive person is this older, heavyset woman, steady, wins the race. Man, she doesn't win, but she's good. She's solid. She never slows down. She's jiggling every which way to Sunday. You're thinking it's going to be a disaster. She keeps it rolling right through the ticker. Well, I think that's all that uh, poolside yoga at the Y. That's you know, you put in enough work there, you got the flexibility to be able to pull it off. Good for her. Twenty plus racers. They've famously had races with corgi dogs, and they've done bulldog races. They've had baby toddler races, and now they're getting the grown. Well, I was going to say the grand. Yeah, the grandparents' race is the best way to describe it. That's. It's yeah, the shrinking people, not, <laughs> not, not the growing people, not the grown people. It's good. It's worth your time. Uh, I referenced uh, yesterday that it was going to happen. It did happen. The NFL has suspended four players for gambling violations, and the NCAA has now revamped their rules on gambling, and that, too, is something that um, needed to be done. I didn't realize how antiquated those uh rules were it makes sense I'll touch on that and those players I do want to note that that is probably the least popular perfect game ever thrown last night I don't know how many people saw a that there was a perfect game thrown last night by the way for people who don't know that's a real I mean if you like baseball and even if you don't it's a very significant deal no hitters happen all the time these days because everybody throws 101 and so you go oh it's a no hitter well combined no hitters too yeah uh, it's crazy yeah. right but people do not throw perfect games they don't the last one was Felix Hernandez in 2012 and that's a long time ago guys I mean, it feels like it was just yesterday but it was a long time ago I remember when he did it King Felix and that was a very popular perfect game because everybody likes Felix Hernandez he was an awesome pitcher for a really long time seems like a a, a worthy award for him or accomplishment for him, right? And he was dominant forever. The opposite is true of this particular perfect game. A, it was thrown against basically a glorified minor league team, the worst hitting team in baseball in a number of years in Oakland. There were like 19 people at the baseball game who saw it. And Domingo Harmon's a piece of crap. He is a, a world piece of crap, somebody that you hope gets hurt. So you have this situation, and I'll explain it in a second, but people were like, well, Jesus, Cameron, what is that? Just because he's a Yankee? No, no, no. What he did was impressive. He got a perfect game in 99 pitches. 72 of them were strikes. What do we do in Oakland? 
I mean, good Lord, somebody. He struck out nine along the way. It should be noted as well. Um, I mean, it, if you if you go by inning, 11 pitches, 14 pitches, 10 pitches, 10 pitches, 12 pitches, 8 pitches, 11 pitches. I mean, he's, I mean, this is ridiculous. Take a pitch, Oakland. Well, Take a, get, I mean, can we get to a full count? If he's throwing 70-some-odd strikes at a 99, you're 0 You have to swing. All night long. So, Domingo Harmon. How many three-ball counts were there? Two. Oh, I mean, yeah. Two. There were two last night. Uh, Domingo Harmon is known, namely, for having to serve an 81-game suspension for domestic violence in which his wife had to hide in another room and lock the door and call the police because he was trying to beat her. So that's why I tell you that he's who he is and that nobody can celebrate this perfect game. Prior to this perfect game, that's what he was known for. Oh, in addition, he had multiple other suspensions, and it's only been in place for two years, the sticky stuff. He got busted not once but twice. So he is a serial cheater who beats women. Hey, congratulations on your perfect game, Domingo. What a night. What a night. We should all. How about that? Try it on somebody who's not an Oakland athletic. <laughs> um, it is an amazing achievement, and, and, and I will say it this way, not in praise of him, but just to note how rarely it does happen. Seven, only 17, uh, here it is, complete games. So just complete games, ready, this year. There have been 17 so far in 2,408 starts. Um, that's less than 1%. Complete games pitched this season across baseball. So, first of all, he, it's a complete game, so you don't ever, 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 ever in modern baseball see it anymore. But that guys go a full game. Uh, if you look at contact from last night, there was one quote-unquote hard-hit ball. That is one that is deemed over 100 miles per hour off the bat. It was 102 miles per hour, which straight up it was an infield pop-up. So in just in terms of achievement, like, he was really good. <laughs> they couldn't hit him even a little bit, obviously. It's, he had a 10-game suspension just a few weeks ago for the rosin on his hands. Uh, that day, he was in the middle of throwing a perfect game when they threw him out. Oh, really? I didn't know that part. I knew he was suspended for it. I didn't know that he was perfect. He was ha- he had a perfect game when that happened. So you can bet last night, about fourth, fifth inning, somebody's thinking, okay, again, we just got done suspending you for this, my man. But they checked him. Second time this season, though, he was caught uh, with the sticky stuff. So the least popular perfect game happened last night, everybody. I know that you were all watching. It was like 17 people. Maybe. Did that, you even know what happened? Well, there was a perfect game in Oakland. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, did, yeah, did you know? Yeah. I'm saying, did, <laughs> no, did you know what uh, happened? When I was retiring for the night, he was perfect through four. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, whatever. So what you end up with, um, you know, I, I, there are 17 different stats that I printed out here that are all kind of interesting. But the worst of it is, again, what's happened in Oakland, and that is that uh, tanking is alive and well. Uh, that is the worst hitting team in the in the league and one of the worst in modern baseball history. And apparently they are efforting to do just that. But it's you don't get baseball tanking all that often. I mean, it's it's pretty rare. I mean, you, your roster stinks, your roster stinks. And they're rewarded with a new stadium and a new city, which is what they wanted all along. Congratulations to the Las Vegas Athletics. 
I didn't leave you guys hanging with the orangutan story. Today will be like a libations Friday, but I'm also not ready to jump right back into the orangutan story. I am still vetting aspects of the orangutan story, guys. Well, Tom, it is a worthy story if it's real. I mean, I won't get into details. It speaks for itself. It's a young man. Uh, How young? He was a worker, right? He was like a 30-something-year-old worker, wasn't he? Oh, it said young man on oh, the headline. That's, right. that's where I stopped. I oh, went, no, nope, no, no, no. not going to read this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just animal violence is the way you got to look at it. We talk about people getting eaten to death. We talk about lions attacking this people. Is, this is uh, something this between that worse. and Comanche violence, <laughs> sir. And I think now people might be able to guess at that point and put it together. Isaiah Rogers, Rashad Berry uh, of the Indianapolis Colts, free agent Demetrius Taylor, suspended indefinitely for gambling. I mentioned that this is all happening at the exact same time that the NCAA updated their gambling rules. But I didn't know this, Tom, that if you gambled, and there have been players that had this happen, so you do worry about it with the prevalence of something like DraftKings or whatever on everybody's phone, right? FanDuel, whatever you use. DraftKings Sportsbook tomorrow, buddy. Legal. Yeah, you're going to do that, right? You yeah. Bet. Good First times. five innings, here we go. I had Colin Morikawa today, uh, so I, I'm hoping that I continue that he continues to play. Well, I haven't checked it in a moment. But there's some guys. There's, you know, We'll stand to make a little bit of money. But this, I've been surprised. Ira brought this up before, too. The the young people on the beat, I'll just put it that way, the, the, the co- college-age kids on the beat that are efforting to work in the field that we work in, it's always fun talking to them to get their perspective on you know what they're seeing in football or what their thoughts are on Florida State, the ACC, whatever it might be. Is it? Just kidding. Yeah. That's a joke. I'm now getting older. I get to do that now. But that said, um, every now and then you're kind of struck by something, and there was something that struck me, and that is that every one of these kids that I've run into, and again, not given specific names, they all gamble on college football on their phone. Like, right there, every one of them. When I was 18, 19 years old, I didn't have any money to gamble. I may have gambled on a daily basis with risky activity, but I didn't have any money to <laughs> right. actually yeah. gamble. I yep. mean, I didn't do it, you know? And they're all like, oh, I'll play. Oh, you saw that tonight? The Knicks by two? Really? And I'm like, well, this is, what a wonderful world. That would have been awesome. But also, you do get a little worried because I thought to myself, well, what about football players or, or baseball or basketball or tennis or whatever, NCAA athletes? The old rules were so antiquated. If you placed a bet on, like, fantasy sports or a, a, another college football game, you know, you're, just, you're, you're a role player at Florida State uh, on the basketball team on the bench, and you decide you're going to bet that, that night's North Carolina game because you like the number – You'd be done for a long time. The year given, maybe never get your career back. It's not that way anymore. They now consider amounts. They now consider, are you betting within the sport? What, you know, there's there's this whole new path in which student athletes are slapped on the wrist and not banished for life. Unless, of course, you're doing the ultimate sin, which is better on your own team and, your own, you know, that kind of thing. Still, it, those are muddy waters, my man, because let's say that there is an inordinate amount of traffic if I am on FanDuel, and let's say FanDuel is now legal in the state of Florida. What a, what a wonderful oh, time that will be in the near future. Let's get there really, really soon. But you're seeing a ton of action on Florida State's campus regarding a specific number. Maybe it's the Florida State loses. You know, at that point, if you're geo-tracking where the bets are coming from, 
And it is precisely in College Town and domiciles that right. you can find that there is a surge of wagers that say Florida State won't win. Because if they will win, that's normal traffic. Everybody thinks their team's going to win, so they bet with their heart. That's how towers are built from sports books. But what do you do at that point? Do you shut it down? Because is there a player talking to his friend? To and, his friend. Right. And, and that is addressed in these new rules. Um, the legalization of sports betting in so many states now have led them – well, there's been a lot of controversy. We just got done talking about the Alabama baseball coach who got in so much, well, basically lost his career. But you had athletes at Iowa. You had another one at Iowa State, actually. I don't know what's going on in Iowa, but they're like getting after it, feeling froggy. Well, um, it's not much. That's why they're <laughs> running to the phone to wager. So if a player engages to influence an outcome of their own games or knowingly provides information in sports betting about their own teams, I mean, they, they permanently lose their eligibility. They're gone. There's all of that. There's, there's some criminal aspects to all that. Uh, it applies to players who wager on uh, other teams in their own school because they're probably friends with other athletes that come in and out of the Morrison or whatever, We're using Florida State as an example. But for all other betting violations, such as if a college athlete is betting on pro sports – it really does depend on the amount of money they're betting. $200 or less, you get an educational class that you have to go to about the dangers, potentially, huh. addiction of sports gambling. If you bet somewhere near $500, you lose 10% of your season. Like if you're getting serious about gambling, they start looking at the dollar amount. Yeah, I really don't want to play against Southern Miss, so uh, it's worth it. I'll take, I'll take the grand. Here's $800 or more. You lose 30% of your season. If you're betting more than $1,000 a weekend on some college football or somewhere else, uh, some other sport, the NCAA has to take a look through their reinstatement staff at your previous activity. They know you got a problem. They know you got a problem. It wasn't the first time. Yeah, but what if I'm a third-generation multimillionaire? <laughs> 100 bucks ain't going to do it for me. If I'm going to feel a little pizzazz when I put this wage down, i got to put – $2,500 down. I mean, you have to take into account the kids' socioeconomic realities? Come on now. In 2022, Virginia Tech had a linebacker named Alan Tisdale. He was suspended initially for nine games because he bet $400 on the NBA Finals. How because you he bet on the NBA Finals? Yeah, yeah. He was, that was the old rule. That's why they've changed the rules. You're not Jeez. getting in trouble for that anymore. You're, you, you bet, well, you could get in trouble for that to the tune of uh, you need to go to an educational class. I'm looking at the dollar amount. Man, there's no way they can keep up with this, though. Well, because I don't what if, know how they got that guy. How'd they catch that dude? I have no idea. But what if they have a Virginia Cavalier on the roster in the NBA Finals and he's a rookie? You could look into that and say that's inside information. I mean, really, are you going to get that down to that granular level in every one of these cases? That's impossible. Good I, luck trying to enforce that. I don't know how they catch anybody i mean I, a lot of these are done on your phone and that's really ridiculous like anybody smarter than that if you're really trying to get away with this your roommate's best friend is who you place yeah. the wager with come yeah, on kids. yeah yeah what are we doing yeah it's it's really strange to me how anybody ever gets caught i mean how did that linebacker get caught it's a 400 dollars bet on the nba finals and you're being made the example of oh well he he tagged DraftKings sportsbook <laughs> when he won and he posted the slip uh, that's got to be it i mean seriously it would have to be that obvious it just makes me laugh. Uh, it, it makes me laugh that that is the thing. I mean, hey, listen, you guys know I've openly spoken about how much I like to gamble. I still like to gamble. Tom and I do. It's mainly legal all over the country these days. There's, you know, I don't really care what you think of me about gambling. I was one of the first to go on the air and talk about it, even when it was illegal. I've had illegal bookies my whole life. I yeah. love them. Um, you well, know, I've when gambled. we first got to ESPN Radio, yeah. mm -hmm. there was a clause in the affiliate agreement that said there's no gambling talk. Mm which was the dumbest thing ever. Completely ignored by us. Yeah. But it was for good reason because, you know, 
10 a.m. to 1 p.m. when the herd was on, he'd have every Thursday and Friday his best picks against the spread. It was like, wait a minute. You're going to have your national host talk about gambling, but affiliates, that's a big no-no, cannot talk gambling. That is a slippery slope. We can't walk down there. It's amazing how far we've come as a society now. Yes, and Europe beat us to it, and many other countries did as well. It never made sense to me. I'm old enough, and I know you can't remember this at all, but as a little kid, I fell in love with watching Jimmy the Greek. I mean, Jimmy the Greek with stone-cold locks and he had big chains out and everything else as we're watching him on the desk. This is the early 80s. This is like 81, 82. He's sitting up there with a young, spry Brent Musburger. They got into an argument over money bet. A fight. That led to a fight. They were suspended. I've got an idea that we need to flush out for this fall. You know, like Monopoly money? Yeah. We should have Cameron Bucks. Oh, we should really create our own funny money so that we can wager funny money and then put the stacks together by the end of the season and see who's got the biggest stack of Cameron Bucks. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Well, I'm, I'm with it. Yeah, you're right, Live Spectator. It did happen. Uh, Rick Neuheisel, well, I've gotten to know over the years, lost his job at Washington. He bet on the NCAA basketball tournament, and they, they fired him. What are we doing? What? <laughs> Come on, man. That's absurd. I'll just go play my acoustic guitar then. Uh, Fine. Yeah, I'll sit back in my – he was already in a very privileged situation going into college. It worked out yeah. well for him, but yeah. I mean – He's had a pretty nice life. Yes, and he's funny. He's funny off the air, like when you talk to him, and he'll make jokes about it, like at his own expense, about what a good life he's had and how well he's done. And he has done well. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Hello there, podcasters. Oh, don't worry. I won't prattle on for two minutes like I do with some of the other reads. Zaxby's doesn't demand it of me. <laughs> Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips. We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply hello there podcasters oh don't worry i won't prattle on for two minutes like i do with some of the other reads zaxby's doesn't demand it of me (laughs) 
Zaxby's like, look, just tell everybody that we have the best chicken sandwich in all the land. That's easy. I can do that. I can attest to that. A delicious, thick, juicy, tasty Zaxby's chicken sandwich is where it's at. Of course, the strips are a given. You like the strips? We get the strips on game days. The platters are lifesavers. Mm-hmm. If you're going to a party, a pool party, say, this summer, and what do I bring? Just bring a beer giant thing. No. and Zaxby's. Worry about the beer. You bring the Zaxby's, you're going to be the hero. Just uh-huh. make sure you get all the sauces, too. They've got like 97 sauces, and they're all delicious. I don't know if you guys know this. There are 27 Zaxby's in Tallahassee alone. 27. You can't miss them. I think that's true in general in every city in America. They're like so, peach trees in Atlanta. They're everywhere. Look around. Find you a Zaxby's and get after it. By the way, your Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Knowles. So was uh, Nirvana in that moment. But, uh, hey, Cameron Bucks, I think our, our good friend from the Vernon Company, said that that's a, that's a possibility. It can be done along with coins. Along with coins? Coins. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Our good buddy Burke says, Cameron Bucks, we do that. Also, we could do coins. Put your profile on one side of the coin, the War Chant logo on the other side of the coin. I I like it. Cameron Bucks, too. You could have, perhaps, we could work with our friends at various locations like Gordo's or Corner Pocket or elsewhere. Mm. Redeem some Cameron Bucks. Hmm? I love it. I love it. You win a certain amount, get the chicken filly. Yep, there you go. You're getting the mahi fingers. You're enjoying life. Flip one of those little coins over there, and you get you some more Gordo sauce. Yeah, yeah. You show up to enough events, you get a you get a Cameron buck every time you come to one of our events, and then eventually you get to cash it in. All right, I like it too. Sean writes: If FSU wins the ACC with two or three losses in the regular season, would you consider this a successful season? It'd be hard to win the ACC with three losses. I guess you'd have one of those losses would be non-conference to Florida. I mean, to LSU and maybe Florida. That'd be a second. Yeah, oof, yeah oof, that's it. Who you lose to matters is what I'm getting at. What if you won the ACC but lost to LSU, Clemson, and Florida, but you got the win in the rematch with Clemson and you won the conference? It's a tough one to stomach because you'd lose to an arch rival who you're supposed to be better than. Yep. You would have lost to LSU, and that was one of your big games. You lost the regular season matchup to Clemson on the road where there's no shame in that, but now you've lost the two games against good teams, really the only two good teams on your schedule, and you did avenge it by getting that win, and the elusive ACC championship gets brought back to Tallahassee, but damn it, was it really that good a season? You're certainly not in the college football playoff at that point. Oh, that's tough, Tom. I don't like it. I don't <laughs> like it. That's uh is it a successful season? You won the I'm conference. Re- are you gonna say it's a it, you have to say that's a successful yeah, season? I'm you trying do. to remove the fact that by my standards, no, it isn't. But objectively speaking, is it successful? I guess so. I guess so. Objectively speaking, winning the conference for the first time in what, nine years? Yeah. Is a success. Now, that's a different animal in that you can also say, yes, it's a success, but I'm disappointed and I don't have fulfillment from that success. I don't feel, I, yeah. I don't feel good about what happened. I'm just happy the championship is ours. I think the way I'd phrase it to make myself more comfortable, one could phrase that a successful season. Mm, I would mm, not. Mm-hmm. How about that? 
Well, I've done this a little bit. We've all kind of played around with the numbers for Florida State. You, you know, let's just hypothetically, you, you're probably an underdog on the road at Clemson. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, likely. But if we'll if see. good things happen in your first game against LSU, then that could skew the number. It a little could bit. certainly change things. I mean, if if somehow, some way, Florida State went out and beat LSU thirty-seven to ten. Right yeah. now, on Monday during the smash, somebody brought this up, and it was verified. Florida State on FanDuel as of Monday. I don't know if it's changed since then. A three-point dog to LSU. FSU plus three? Are you kidding me? That's a wager I'm placing tomorrow. Plus three? Well. You're going to give me three in the push? I'll take it. Yeah, I would take that too. I'm trying to look up some of those numbers right now to find out what we have. Um, I am kind of curious. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to take it. We'll do this during the break because I, I don't want to. I don't want dead well, air. Let me ask research. you about yeah. the LSU number just really quickly. I know that Clemson is one we're focusing on, but FSU plus three. You think we should be a three point dog to LSU? We've got the better quarterback, first of all. Yeah. No, I don't think we should be a three point dog. I think it should be a pick 'em. Uh, yeah. I think it's a pick 'em. Uh, I do. And by the way, if we're a three-point dog, that's not just that we're a three-point dog. We're a three-point dog in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, you know, you could see it if this were last year's game and you were a three-point dog in New Orleans. I mean, it's a it's in their oh, backyard. That would have made a ton of sense. I yeah. mean, was that the number? Could have uh, been. I mean, we were an underdog, yes. But I, I, I mean, again, um, I in Orlando with the better quarterback, they're going to say that LSU has the better defense. And, you know, I think we're going to go with uh, you know, star rankings. And if you're going to look at the, what what's on that defense, I understand it. The, the, yeah, okay. You could argue that. I think there are quite a few teams that I would argue have a better defense than Florida State. But there are maybe maybe two teams in the country that I think will have a better offense than Florida State. Yeah, they don't have the better offense. Mm-mm. I don't think it's they have a good offense. Yeah, it's good, but I don't think it's close. When you when you're talking about parsing top fifteen offenses or the explosiveness of what we have, their quarterback is unbelievable. They're in terms of scrambling, LSU. They've got neighbors back, right? Then he mm-hmm. returned. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Butte was uh, Gonzo. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they've got some pieces, and they've got a quarterback who can improvise with the best of them that is on our schedule this year. We don't have uh, Malik Cunningham for the 85th seasons in in a row. So Daniels is the most elusive guy we're going to see. And he played really well in the second half of last year. It bothered me to see how much better he got as the season went on because I thought, damn it, man, now that dude is comfortable, likes the offense, they know how to use him. And and Kelly conceded some things. Yes, he did. Yeah, and he just played really well in big, big, big games. So, you know. The best thing that we can hope for is that you have a dud of a first quarter from LSU offensively, and their fans that are there are screaming for Nussmeier. Put in Garrett! <laughs> they're, they're Put not, Garrett in! <laughs> they're not going to. And they saw that kid last year light it up. And he was the only reason that in our red zone ineptitude, he was the only reason they were in the game. The only thing they had going for them for much of that game was his ass just running around. It was Sandlot. It was nonsense. Just like plays broken, nothing there. Dude makes two guys miss, gets to the outside, either takes off for 30 yards or somebody comes open because it's been seven seconds. But it was sustainable all season oh, long for them. Well, they they actually ran offense as the year went on. They ran offense. They did, but it, the fear of what he can do it's, that, is a big vehicle, which is a, that's a lot of growth from Brian Kelly to be able to run an offense with a quarterback like that because that is 
opposed in so many ways to what he wants to do. Yeah, they did it. It was uh, impressive what happened, and and as that season went on, you know, I mean, look, there's that's a fun game. So many reasons we love that game. I I tend to look at this. I try to dis- dissect exactly what we are, and and you want opportunity uh, to to showcase evidence, good or bad. You want to know what it is, and there aren't a lot of games on the schedule that reveal that. Because you in a lot of these games, Florida State's going to be so overwhelmingly favored and better than their opponent. What are you learning? Well, you're learning about whether or not you can be mentally focused in games, whether or not you can execute and be businesslike and those kinds of things. But you're not learning a lot in games where you are bigger, stronger, faster across every position. You know, that's where it becomes about do you take care of business? Are you mentally focused? Do you allow for the backups to get a lot of playing time so that in 2024 we've got a team that's a little bit more seasoned than we expected them to be? All those things. But I, when, when I'm examining what this team can be, I need tests. And you get two huge ones in the four, first four games. And that first one is the LSU game. And both teams are – that that's going to be – for lack of a better term, a slobber knocker. Both teams are going to try to be very, very physical. They both know what the other is. They've already seen each other once. They're both desperate to win the game. They know how it sets the tone. LSU wants revenge. Florida State knows it's a get-out-of-jail-free card if they win it because they could lose three weeks later at Clemson, and it's no big deal. As long as the rest of the season plays out, they're going to get another shot at Clemson in the ACC championship game. Uh, However, you lose the LSU game, the added pressure – certainly mounts three weeks later when you play Clemson because you lose that game and you've pretty much played your way out of the playoff. That's off the table. You'd still have an outside shot, certainly, um, to win the ACC. Maybe not even that far of an outside shot. If you go 2-2 two and two through your first four, it's going to feel terrible. It's going to make you angry. I can always say losses happen for a reason, and those reasons elicit emotion. You can have it in your mind that you're going to lose a game or win a game, but how it happens matters. How it plays out matters. It affects you in the way you feel about a team and the way you view future games. Now, for Florida State, though, practically speaking, if they go 2-2 two and two in these first four games, uh, there's no shame in losing a slugfest 28-27 to LSU and then losing on a last-second field goal on the road probably at night against Clemson. You know, you, like practically speaking, that's not crazy. That's not a terrible result. That doesn't mean you stink. And if you take care of business in all the other games, and you were to lay the wood to Miami again, and you you thoroughly vanquish Florida down in Gainesville to end the year, I think a lot of people would feel very differently. I think by the time you walked into Charlotte to watch Florida State take on Clemson in that moment. Those two losses would be long ago in the rear view. People think about how many games you would have won in the ro- in a row at that point. What seven, eight? So you you know yeah, that, that's you'd have beaten two of your rivals in the past yeah, month yeah. as you arrive in you'd Charlotte. You'd be feeling yeah. very good about it, and you would have forgiven to a large extent in yeah. the off season. Those that that talking about those things and envisioning two and two in the off season. You can feel how that pisses you off. You can feel like, you know, man, don't be yeah, out here You'll have losing. a bye week to sit on that, too. Yeah. You'll have a bye week followed by Virginia Tech, Duke, and Syracuse at home. Crickets. Well, let me tell you this, though. You're right about attendance, but I will say this. If they're 2-2, two and two, going into that bye week, you're angry. But I tell you what else you're doing. You're contemplating, could you lose to Duke? Could you lose to Virginia Tech? I don't know how Virginia Tech's going to start off the season. I, they're not a good football team, so, you know, probably not thinking about that. But – You'd be a little nervous about Duke, I think. 
Um, it's just it's weird, you know that you know how mentally sure. people get. But yeah. by seasons in, if you won all those games, you'd be feeling good. You have forgiven those losses. You'll be walking into that stadium, Bank of America, is that what it's still called? And you'll say, uh, you know, well, guys, we were underdogs in one of the games. And we lost by a point to the other guy. I mean, yeah. come on, what are we doing? It's not the end of the world. Yeah, 2011, we lost to Oklahoma, then Clemson on the road, bye week, Wake Forest. And we had Duke the next week on the road. And I remember we were asking questions that right. week of, I mean, is it legitimately possible? The answer was no. No. And I recall on the air we said no. But We've the also questions, never lost to Duke. It, the questions were being asked, though, at Miami that time. Miami dreams of a day in which they've never <laughs> lost to Duke. Go ahead. <laughs> People were asking questions at yeah. that time. The callers yeah. were asking, come on, Jeff. We just lost three in a row. And I was going, no, we're not going to lose to Duke. But this is a different Duke, but it's not that different. Relative. To, thankfully, we got our our ship righted. I said ship with a P. You did. <laughs> I did. I know you no did. No hesitation. I heard it. Yeah. Well. What do you think of this number? 56 and a half is the total right now. FSU, LSU in Orlando. Feels a little low. Gotta say. 56 and a half is the number? Feels a little low. I know first games can be weird and discombobulated. 56 and a half, though? You said 28-27 final. That's funny because that would come in on the under. Well, but I just made up a number and I was just talking about, you know, how... 34 it, to 30 feels right. 35 to 30. Well, the two guys, I mean... The two quarterbacks make it impossible to hold down these offenses. That's the problem. Like you, This will not be a referendum. This game will not be a referendum on Adam Fuller. That's unfair to do, this game. Now, the season will be, and how we play out the string of games will be. Collectively, it will be a referendum on Adam Fuller, good or bad. But this game won't be, and I can already hear it. I can already hear it, like... Let's say we win 38-35. Well, you know, are we ever going to – No, this is a result game. <laughs> yeah. This is not – Just yeah. win this game. Yeah. I yeah. don't really care if you win this game 7-6 to or 56-55. Just win the game. We can have that discussion the Thursday after we win the game about, hey, man, do we need to tighten up on defense? We'll find out at Clemson. There you go. There's your answer. We were mad about the process a little bit coming out of New Orleans last year. We should have been. It's what got Fabian Lovett hurt. I will never let that go. But it was still a giant win, and we had to have it. Had to have it. Could you imagine if we had lost that game on a two-point conversion, and then you go through that month? I know a loss can change the way things happen. Sure, all that, yeah. It's a domino effect. But could you imagine if we had lost that game on a two-point conversion, and then we proceeded to lose the three ranked opponents in a row? We would have four losses at that point? Oh, my God. The LSU win at the beginning of the season it went, it, it ha- went. kept everybody calm when we lost three in a row. Relatively kind speaking. of, kind of, yeah, relatively it, it, yeah, speaking. yeah. Relatively speaking, it did. Uh, yeah. Well, listen. I mean, this is why at the end of that game, I'm turning to Corey and Ira, and I'm like, they're going to lose it. This guy's going to lose this game. Unreal. And I, I'm giving you the blow by blow. The three of us are right next to each other in the press box, open air. There we are. Where there's three of us right there. Okay. I turn to Ira, he turns to me, we both give a very concerned look as LSU is mounting that last drive, okay? And I'm thinking, 
There's way too much time. They're going to score. We're exhausted. Clearly exhausted at this point. All right? Yeah, you need an early stop. Yeah, and you don't get it. All right? Fabian Lovett's out on the field. you got three down linemen mm-hmm. on the field in an obvious pass situation, and Fabian's one of them. Well, see you again. Now, this is Come why. This is why. The two fingers. See, you're reminding yourself of why. This is it. So this is we're all watching this now. Here you go. And then that happens, and I'm looking over at those two, and Corey's feverishly typing, and Iris trying to do their job, and, and I'm a talk show host. I've got to talk about all this. I don't type a damn thing other than my notes. And I'm going, guys, and they're going, yeah, I know, I know. And then we watched in slow motion as that dumbass, at least in the moment, holds up one finger. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. When he did that, I went, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, college football gods. Thank you, Brian Kelly. You are dizzied in the moment because if you were rational, you know you go for two Mm -hmm. and you're going to walk into the end zone. You're going to walk into the end zone. They're exhausted. You're going to win the game. I bet you he doesn't sleep at night thinking about that. Obviously, he learned his lesson. He went for two later on and won a very, very important game. But he's probably still restless thinking, I lost the game. Now, he knows by rights they shouldn't have been in it. Correct, which is why all the more you go for it there. We were defeated because that play that they had run in order to be in a position for two points or the PAT is essentially a two-point play, and we couldn't cover anything. No. That was Omari in a single, and no. it was just – it was Torch City. It was pitch and catch. I Listen, man, I agree with you. Blow by blow, we skipped uh, one part of the blow by blow, which is 20 minutes of waiting because they screw the clock up. Yes. And the game should have been over. The game should have been over. They screwed the review. They do, oh, well, that, yes. I yes. mean, just absurd. Modern college football, that is correct. However, yeah, documented, same way. It was me and D Rob. I'm on screen saying he's going for one. I you got to be kidding me. I couldn't believe it either. The whole press box couldn't believe it. I think I broke the rules again in the press box. You know, I did the thing where I'm not supposed to get emotional. I was like, look at this dumbass. I couldn't believe it. That is, you didn't even, it's a no-brainer. Correct. How, you would want an assistant coach in that moment. You would want, so head coach Jeff Cameron standing there getting ready, and I and in all my dizzying, uh, you know, uh, confusion because I'm so excited we scored, I hold up one. And the best assistant coach in the country, Tom Lang, grabs my finger and pushes it to the ground and goes, two, two, and I defer knowing that in the moment he's got that right. I don't care if I'm fired. <laughs> We're winning this football game. My career record's 1-0. and uh, They went 10-4 and four last year. Is that accurate? LSU? Yeah. yeah. Well, what if they won that game? I don't know. Well, yeah. Maybe that could have propelled them to different heights. Well, David, the reason he doesn't get blame, and he is right here, we're talking about that game nearly being lost, is because he didn't. Didn't well, lose the game. Yeah, I, Listen, David, I always blame him for Fabian Lovett's injury. Yeah. We got to well, do better. Uh, listen, in fairness, we called a pitch inside the five later in the year and scored a touchdown on it. It was right there. No, Catch the ball, man. It's oh, it's the process of it all. Though, I know, because before I know, half, I know. You have a same, you, so it's twice that you're inside the five. It's not even the pitch. I think that was overblown. That was overblown. It's about the situational execution. You're yeah. inside yeah, the five yeah. twice. You learning come away to with win. no learning, points. Learning to win in big situations. They hadn't had it, and you're on the cusp of beating LSU. Also, you know, look, man. Would have been nice to have zero for the three consecutive mm. ranked opponents. Might have changed some things. You saw how much Jared Verse had an impact on Wake, and he played a half. Jesus. Yeah, guess what, though? 
We won the game. We did. We won 10 games. We're preseason top 10 with one of the most loaded offenses in the country. Things worked out. But in the moment when you hear it and it's, you know, you go back to it, you I think about shake it, it off. Okay. <laughs> Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. There's not, mm, I'll double, we had, we didn't have enough time during that break. Tom and I got so carried away that I didn't get to dive into the individual games that I want to have fun with here uh, and some of those numbers. But to answer that question, I would take the three, of course. Um, I'm in, more interested. Did you look and see that they have, and we'll do it during the break, like I said, the short segment here, and then we got the whole next hour. But uh, I am kind of curious what, what the number is at Clemson. Has that been set yet? It was a couple of months ago. I thought it was one. Clemson by one. But we'll take a look and see if it's updated because clearly the line had moved for FSU-LSU. That was a pick when it was first released. And most places now have it at two and a hook. For LSU? For LSU. But somebody, uh, they actually took a screenshot of their wager they placed on Monday on the boards, which, awesome. You know what? The Tribal Council needs to get more down with the gambling. That's great. Take screenshots of your wagers. Yeah, and sure. Post them. But uh, somebody did lock it in at, at uh, FSU plus three. Good wager. Good job. Golly, shop around if you get that three and a half, huh? Wouldn't that oh, be something? Buddy. Even if you got to pay a little bit for it. Oh, yeah. You pay the, uh, the for the half point there, you yeah. take that all day. This feels like that. This feels like either way, man. If that, if you were LSU getting three and a half, you'd, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. ooh. I get nervous thinking about it. I think it's the over, though. I think that's the play I'm going to make tomorrow. When I can. <laughs> You're already thinking 56 about. 56 and a half? Come on, man. <laughs> that would have to be some more ineptitude in the red zone. We're not going to do that this year. No, we're not. We're going to fly past that 56 and a half. Oh, Thanks well. Thanks to us. I would think so. 57 days until the start of college football, Ooh, everybody. Right. 57 days until the start of college football. You like that better than six weeks, right? Yes. 57 feels a hell of a lot better than six weeks. It does? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Tom. I think, well, Even though six weeks is far fewer days? <laughs> six full weeks is 56, right? Six times seven. Mm, uh, no, it's 42. Oh, 42. What, I, I, what am I doing? Six times eight. Oh, yeah. I know what I did. Was I was six, do, yeah, That was 48. Yeah, eight yeah. times seven. No, no, no. I was thinking of uh, the other day when we were at with FSU numbers. Yeah, silly math. In the middle of the summer. Come on now. But it's it's weird. Six weeks doesn't feel as good as 57. It's true. Six weeks feels really good now that I know it's 42. <laughs> Hour number two. 